All right. Okay. Uh, no, wait. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're about to do it. <laughs> you just about got it. <laughs> Why'd you stop? Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fry Show. My name is Frank Mankin, and I'm joined by my effervescent, ever beautiful and uh, moist co-host, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Murray. I liked where that was going until... I, if I'm completely honest with you, Joe, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was about to say effervescent and ever radiant, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said last week. Um, no. I, didn't, I didn't want to repeat myself. Um oh. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Anyway. Um, last week's episode is the first episode we've done that I haven't listened to so far. So um, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> either way, welcome. Um, if, you, if you're new, this is The Fro Show where Joe and I talk about um, our interesting things in our respective industries. Um, and sometimes we have interesting discussions. Um, and sometimes we just chat, which is also nice. Um, so, Joe, I actually had a really interesting experience, um, this week, which I don't think I told you about. Oh, um, yes. Yes. It was very exciting. Um, so I, and okay, I'm going to have to give some, I'm going to take my jumper off. I'm immediately, we're two minutes in, I'm immediately regretting this. (laughs) Um, so I, I occasionally will get, will get invited to, um, and this is because of like family connections and that sort of thing. Um, and what my, what my family does for work, um, we'll occasionally get invited to premieres and screenings and stuff, uh, for movies and TV shows. Um, because at some point, um, which my family doesn't do anymore, but was involved in, in that industry. Um, and so I think that I think somewhere we're on some list of reporters and like media somewhere. Um, so occasionally we get invited to premieres and and screenings and that sort of thing. But, Because we live in Australia and not in LA, we can never go to them. Uh, Mm. But because of the current world situation and everything that's going on, they've moved all of these screenings and premieres and stuff online. Um, Oh, wow. Because they're usually at like 5, 6 p.m. US time, that's like Mm. 10 a.m. Brisbane time. So I finally, after like eight years of being invited to these things, got to attend one. Wow. And stupidly lucky it was for one of my favorite tv shows euphoria um, oh yeah which wow, stars so cool which stars zendaya um and hunter schaefer um written and directed by sam levinson um so uh, it was so the the event that i attended was it was an hour and a half long mm. um and it was uh it was uh it was a screening of the first episode of the show so it was, it was the very first episode um which i'd already seen which wasn't super exciting even i mean i'm happy to rewatch it it was a good a good episode um and then it was like a half an hour q and a panel um with zendaya hunter Schaefer, and um and sam levinson wow which is really 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 cool yeah um it was also incredibly strange because oh really well they were so the way it was done I think is that they were in a zoom call and that mm. zoom call was being live streamed to where we were watching it. Um, and so right. we could, we had like a chat that we could type in um, and they would answer our questions and that sort of thing. Yeah. I had nothing productive to ask. So I, I didn't ask a question. I just kind of sat back <laughs> and enjoyed the ride. Yeah. Um, and you, you obviously get all the like pretentious questions of like, what was your inspiration for the role and that sort of shit. But like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't have anything more constructive or interesting um, on that front. But um, a couple interesting things came up. Um, uh, but the first thing that was really weird was because it was a Zoom call and they all had their video on, um, you, they're just in their houses. All um, oh, right. So yeah. 
it was very strange to see they, like Zendaya Zendaya's house, like just her and her house. <laughs> like were it's they just like dressed up though as well. Yeah, like they were dressed nicely. Like it was it was casual, but it wasn't like super casual. Yeah. Um it was like it was just how you would see them on the street, like if they knew they were gonna be seen. Oh right. Um but no, it was it was really strange just to be like, Oh, that's like Zendaya's study. Like she's that, that's where she like reads her scripts and works and that sort of thing. Like, it was just really, really... It's just a strange thing because you think of, like, these celebrities as this, like, upper level, upper echelon of, like... Yeah. Working class people. Um, wow. And you don't really think about them in their homes and then just to see them in their, like, living room is really strange. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that wow. took me it took me a second to adjust to. <clears throat> yeah. Um, But uh, th- there were two interesting things that I took away from it. A lot of the questions were just the, the generic stuff that I mentioned before. Mm. Um. And stuff like, what drew you to this role and that sort of thing? And that's all like, you get the generic answers of like, oh, I've never done a role like this before, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, whatever. Um, Look, it's interesting, but it's always the same answer from every actor. It's like, I've never done any any role like this before. It really spoke to me. I think of this character as my little sibling, um, blah, blah, blah. Like all that sort of thing. You always get the same stuff. Um, You've watched quite a few of those interviews. I I have. Um, (laughs) uh, But... but, one thing that was really interesting was Sam Levinson was talking about the um, the opportunity for a season two. And he was like, yes, mm. season two has been greenlit and it's great. It's very exciting. Um, he said, it's basically all been written um, and we'll be filming end of this year and releasing in 2021. Um, which also, that's exclusive, has not been mentioned anywhere else, which is very interesting. Oh. Um, so exclusive little scoop for you. Yeah. Um, another exclusive little, little, little scoopy, scoopy whoopy for you. Is that uh, <laughs> um, he was talking about how he wanted to he wanted to be filming season two now and have it released at the end of this year, um, but obviously because of everything that's been happening, you can't get crews together, you can't shoot. It's just not not a possibility. Mm. Um, yeah. And so what he said was, um, which I which a lot a lot of shows at the moment are reverting to doing Zoom based episodes where it's like they're all distant from each other, but it's still like an episode in the universe, um, which yeah. is, which works really well. It, um, Mythic Quest is a show that I follow um, and they did an episode like that, which worked really, really well um, and, and was really well done. Um, but he basically said, I don't want to do that. Um, I feel like it's kind of a, a, a cop-out move um, is what he was like getting at, um, which totally fair. And I feel like that's just an artistic merit thing. Yeah. Um, but what he said was, he's like, yeah, I've written two or three Christmas episodes and he's going to shoot them at the end of this year and just release them as like a bridging season between seasons one and two. So like a season 1.5 ah, sort of thing. That's cool. Um, and that's how he'll keep um, kind of the audience happy and keep people working and in, in their jobs and that sort of thing, which I found super interesting. I hadn't heard um, of any directors that were doing anything like that. Um, mm. So hearing that was, was really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool seeing how like some of, you know, a really high level director you know working around covid still yeah that's cool yeah and he was he was a really interesting really interesting guy um the other thing this is this is the other thing i I took out of it It was a very very short it was only it was only a half hour panel so it wasn't like oh super deep um Mm. and it it was just it was just getting good right at the end um as those things always always do Mm. um because you kind of like warm up and get comfortable but um what was really, really interesting and I'd never really thought about before was he was talking about why he prefers to do um, TV over movies. 
Um, And he said that doing a show, doing a TV show gives you so much more freedom than doing a movie does. Gives you more freedom than a movie would. Um, And his example was like it, when you, um, when you make a film, you have to have the script done basically once you start shooting. And then that script is what you do because you, because you shoot stuff out of order that script mm. basically has to be the film. That's it. Full stop. End of story. That's your movie. Yeah. Right. What he was saying was, um, and this is very minor spoilers for the last episode of, of Euphoria, um, but not super. It's like very, very minor. Um, mm. But because they shoot, obviously they shoot TV shows out of order. Um, Euphoria is a seven episode series. Um, they started shooting at episode four, worked their way back and then worked their way forward. So did four I think he said they did four, three, two, one, and then five, six, seven. Oh yeah. Just so they start in like the middle of the story, and then you kind of have a pre-established relationship, and then you can work backwards and forwards from that, which I oh. thought was a really interesting way to go about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the interesting thing that he he was talking about was that when they were shooting, when they were shooting episode four, he hadn't written episode seven yet. So he'd only written ah. episodes one through six. He hadn't written the finale yet. Um. Oh. And he, he was talking about the, the reason why he did that. Um, and the reason why was that he really wanted to kind of um, see how the actors took on the roles, how they portrayed mm. them, how they reacted with each other, um, how they got along, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so he, he hadn't written episode seven when they started shooting. Um, and so once they finished shooting episode four, he started writing episode seven. Mm. And every single script that he'd sent to HBO kept getting rejected. And they kept going, no, 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 like, cut this, cut that. We don't want to do that, that sort of thing. Um, And he was getting really frustrated. And he said that he got into, like, a really, um, really depressed state and just, like, couldn't really function. Yeah. And he was saying how he, um, he, like, got home after one of those meetings and was just went like laid in bed with his laptop and watched love Island for like 20 hours straight, (laughs) just like lying in bed doing absolutely nothing. Oh my goodness. And then his producer came over to check up on him and was like, Oh yeah. Like how's the, how's the, the, the writing going, that sort of thing. Mm. And, um, Sam Levinson's just sitting there in bed, like watching love Island. You're like, yeah, great. (laughs) Um, And he goes, oh, yeah, I've just been in bed watching Love Island for the past, like, 20 hours. Yeah. Um, and his producer is like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. And he's like, uh, like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Well. He goes, just, <laughs> like, tell tell me what happened, like, as if it's a story. He goes, okay. Oh. So he told him, like, front to back, exactly how he was feeling, what he was doing, why he did it, that sort of thing. Mm. And then wrote episode seven based on that experience. Um, wow. So in episode seven of Euphoria, the the uh, there's a massive part of it where Zendaya's character Rue becomes super depressed, and spends twenty hours in bed just watching Love Island, and huh. so he like worked his own story into that, which I found was super super interesting. It works really really well for the character. Yeah. Um. But I I found that really interesting that they were just like yeah okay so we haven't written the end of this show, we're gonna write it once, uh, once I understand how the actors interact with each other. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. And it's that's awesome how he takes like took his own story. I can actually think of a um an example of that in the music world. Mm. Um uh the guy who produced um Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. I don't know, Do you that's know that song? But sure. Um No, I don't. Uh Oak Felder's his name. Mm-hmm. So he 
pretty much uh, like Demi came into his studio and like his, her producer, oh, not producer, like agent and songwriter, I think were there as well. Um, and pretty much they came in and they're looking at this guy and it's pretty much like, okay, so what, you know, let's make a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Oakfelder starts messing around and and ends up coming up with this coming up with a cool beat and things like that, and then you know they're Demi and and her and the other guys are sort of getting into it, but they don't know what the song's going to be about yet. And this guy actually had a phone call or an argument with his wife that morning, mm. um, and and it was something like um, it was something about you know he was sorry about something but not really sorry because it was like he knew he was right sort of thing yeah so he was he went into work still kind of mad at this at what had <laughs> happened and turns around and just like hey why don't we write a song called sorry not sorry and I then w- i would have loved i would love to see him tell that story to his wife <laughs> yeah. hey you know that demi lovato song that's on the billboard top 100 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but he's he's like really so many um cool uh, videos of how to of how he wrote that song and everything. Uh, That's any, interesting. Any person who's interested in that, check out Sound on Sound magazine. They interviewed him. It's a like a forty five minute interview, and he just goes through the whole song, That's how he so did it. Cool. Um, but yeah, with an it, I, with an interview like that, like a forty five mm. minute interview talking about one song. Like I, I know that there's obviously layers to a song, and I know that like we can talk about a movie for an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. But a movie is like an hour, 45 minutes to two and a half hours. Yeah. A song is three minutes. Like, what do you talk about? Well, so he, that one, he just like went through everything that he did. And, and when you're producing like projects as big as that, there, there are hundreds of tracks. Right. Like you go on your multi-track digital workspace and it's just huge. Mm. Um, so he had... Um, and this would have, that whole thing I think happened in like a day, sort of put it all together, put it all together in a day and then you take a few days to mix it and polish it off and then it's done. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's, he, that's efficient work. That's insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, that was like, you'd have, he'd have like, he'd make the beat, mm. um, and then he just added the heaps of layers. So it was kind of like a, I think she, Demi said that she wanted like a gospel, sounding track so he um added heaps of vocal layers for um for yeah to make like a gospel choir and but it was actually just like the five guys in the room that they re-recorded different parts right um things like that there's just like like how um like how ed sheeran layers his vocals yeah yeah pretty much except there was there was a small group of them and they would just do it record different parts, um, different distances from the microphone. So it sounded like a massive group. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's heaps of things you can talk about. You can talk about how he... Um, inspirations for coming up with the original th- beat, um, what he did past that, so layering. Then there's what he did to each sound after that. So all the all the um, editing techniques and, like, production techniques on each sound. So he would have you know, compressed and EQ'd, um, at probably, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> my camera just went crazy. Um, probably each, 
sound and each vocal take and things like that. And then you got reverb on, on all that and whatever else he did. Um, so yeah, when, when you're producing, mixing and mastering the whole thing, um, there's everything from this, the writing, getting the ideas to writing it to right. mixing it. And then, yeah. Yeah. It's just, right. This is the whole thing. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely go check that out. Um, we'll chuck that. Mm. We'll chuck the link to that in the description for this episode. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Speaking of music and studio stuff, yes. Um, I should actually I should preface 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 whatever. Pre- um, uh, yeah, actually, before how do you I go into that this, word? I think it's preface. I, I always anyway. thought it was preface. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> before we get into this story, I should explain that. Um, that in Australia restrictions are starting to lift and that sort of thing. So um, mm. currently, it's it's groups of five or ten are allowed in in small think, spaces, and as of tomorrow, it, it's twenty. I think yeah, yeah yeah they changed it. They moved it forward today. Well, as of 20. actually, as of right now, the second that this episode is released, that would be Monday at lunchtime. Oh, yeah. So yeah. as of right now, <laughs> um, it's twenty twenty people uh, in an ex- enclosed space in uh, in Australia. Um, mm. But that being said. Um, after months of, of not seeing Joe, I finally saw Joe in person, which was lovely. Uh, had a great awesome. time. Um, but that meant that I finally, finally got to see Joe's, uh, brand new, brand spanking new studio. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I've had some time to, to mull it over and, and think about <laughs> it. Um, and I have to say that hearing music that I've heard a million times for the first time on like monitors with like proper sound treatment just like it was it was essentially a religious experience like i (laughs) legitimately almost cried (laughs) yeah it was really funny watching (laughs) watching croak (laughs) it just it blew my mind it felt like it was in my brain yeah. Like, you know how you, like, play a song in your head? It felt like that, but every single part of the song was there. And it's like, when you listen to a song normally, you, like, miss a bit of the high end, or you miss a bit of the low end, or, like, you can't really hear X harmony or whatever. Mm. You hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything. You hear all the work that these people have put into it. And you hear, like, every single key, every single... Oh, it just, it blew my mind. Like, genuinely blew my mind. I yeah. felt like a kid in a candy shop. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting on the couch behind Frank and, and you know, every ten seconds he would spin around on the chair with like jaw dropped. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, the, I've heard the... this song so many times, but I've never heard that. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. And like it was actually one one technical thing that I found really interesting is that mm. um with singing and stuff, I, I if someone shows me a harmony I can get it, but I really struggle with that on the regular. Mm. Listening to those songs on monitor speakers, I can grab the harmony straight away. It was so yeah. weird. It was so, so weird. Um, but yeah, no, like it was such a cool experience. Yeah. Would, would recommend. Um, I'm going to have to set one up in my, in my shed. <laughs> yeah, we should. No, now that I, as soon as I, I built this one, let's just like, yeah, no. no we thanks. do not have, ah, oh, we do have the space for that, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> but not the money. <laughs> No, um, no. Maybe we can get a sponsor to build a studio at your show. <laughs> <laughs> give Road a call. Like, hey, Road. <laughs> <give me laughs> I'm sure that conversation would go down great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Look, I can give it a go. I'd be like, yes, I'm. Uh, I would like to inquire about a sponsorship for the Fro Show. And like <laughs> the what? The what? <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no. Um, I have yeah, great experience. Very, mm. very much enjoy. Would recommend. Um, yeah. I have a. Oh, actually, no. I, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with this, and then we're gonna bring it back. Um, I have sad news. Oh, wow. I have actually very sad news. Um, oh. I think I already told you this a couple of weeks ago, but I do I do still want to share it on the podcast. It happened nine days ago. Oh, is this what I think it is? Um, no, the, the beautiful <laughs> The beautiful pink shorts guy, Ken Nightingale, has died at the age of 92. Um, I'm, gen- I'm genuinely very upset by this. Um, yeah. Like, he's... Was he had a, he had a, actually a very very impressive career in in sound. Um, let me. Oh really? Yeah. I like I don't know. I didn't really follow. I'm gonna. Pink I'm gonna, shorts guy. I'm gonna look look up um look him up. He he did a bunch oh, like a bunch of stuff. Um, he worked in. Oh wow. He's so he's worked in forty seven. He has forty seven credits to his name. Wow. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Oh, he worked on Octopussy, the the James <laughs> Bond movie. Yeah. He worked on Supergirl. He worked on um, oh, the, uh, the Young Charlie Chaplin TV series. Ah, yeah. He worked on a lot. Wow. He stopped, he stopped working in 98. Oh, yeah. Wait, when did that James Bond movie come out? Uh, Octopussy. That came out yeah. in 84. Oh, 83, sorry. 83. That. No, that's um, that's Roger Moore. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, that's Roger Moore Bond. That's the one. Octopussy is the one where um he flies through the hangar. Oh, that's right. That's we the talked one, about I, that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I showed yeah. that. I showed that clip in a couple, like a couple episodes ago, where you can see it <laughs> driving through on the pole. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ken Nightingale passed away at the age of ninety-two. So. Just wanted to give him a quick quick shout out, a bit of an honor on the podcast, um, yeah. considering that we've we've talked about him a couple of times on the show. So, thought mm. it, it's only fair to bring him up one last time um, yeah. in in memoriam. You know, I'm sure we'll probably talk about him again. <laughs> Knowing Absolutely. us in Star Wars, um, yes, yeah. he's genuinely an icon. Um, yeah. So, um, I want to bring up a discussion. Oh, um, and. It has it definitely has some layers on it, so it can go for a while, but it can also go very short. So it's mm-hmm. up to you. Um, so I want to talk about, and it's it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. So um, I okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some backstory to this. I finally, mm-hmm. after like what what is it like seven years, bought a PS4. Um, oh yes, for <laughs> I love where this is going. <laughs> um. And j- just because, like, there's so many PlayStation exclusives that I've been meaning to play, and end of life, end of life, end. Oh my goodness, <laughs> end of life cycle is such a great time to get into it because it's like games are like nineteen, like nineteen bucks instead of eighty. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah so, um, I've been playing a lot of like the story-based um, PlayStation exclusives, which which Sony is very well known for, um, mm. things like Uncharted and that sort of thing. Um, and I kind of wanted to, I've been thinking about it a lot. I kind of want to bring up the discussion of video games as an art form, because it's something that's been discussed and and debated for years and years and years. Mm. Um, and I really only feel like in the past five years, people have started taking it seriously as an art form, um, in a, in a way for 
real stories to be told. Because yeah. I feel like for the most part, people think about video games and they think about like, oh, COD or yeah. um, like Battlefield or I don't know, like what, what like just, just like very generic, um, very generic games that are just like, that don't really Halo have. or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, even Halo has, has some deeper stories in, in the later ones, but... Mm. Um, but I feel like now we're kind of at a point where games like The Last of Us and um, and games like Life is Strange, um, and I'm sure there's there's he- there, I know there are heaps more that I'm not like God of War is another one, mm. um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm just naming PlayStation ones because that's what I have in my head at the moment. But <laughs> um, I feel like we're at a point now where people are actually starting to take games, video games, seriously um, in mm. terms of both. Um, being able to tell stories effectively, um, being visually appealing, having cinematographic set. Oh my! Every single time I say this word, <laughs> cinematographic talent behind them. Yeah. Um, having audio talent, having voice actors, having well-written scripts and gameplay. Because the thing is, and and this is what kind of opened my eyes to to this world, um, mm. and how impressive how impressive it really is, is for a game to be genuinely good. It's a culmination of every single art form every single one you've got you've got sound you've got visuals you've got um gameplay mechanics you've got um coding you've got um like it just never ends like whereas with a movie you've got sound and visuals and script writing um with music you've got sound writing um and a bit of artwork for album covers Mm. with games you have every single department like if you like if you look at um the credits for a video game, they're like two, three times longer than a film. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because a lot of those, and a lot of the games now that are coming out are mo-capped, which means they have, they're, they're physically filming all this stuff with like virtual cameras and mocap suits and that sort of thing. So they're essentially filming a, a seven or eight hour film and then f- building a game that has to be good because otherwise you're not going to get through the seven or eight hours of, of work that they've put in for the film. Mm. Like, it just, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the, just the gaming industry, yeah, is crazy with particularly sound stuff. Mm. Uh, it, yeah, as you say, it's endless. And um, it's particularly hard as well because um, with movies and things like that, if a sound goes past, um, you can, you have panning to mm. put it sort of where it's meant to be. So, you either pan it to the left or to the right depending on where it is in shot. But with gaming, it's dependent on which way the player is looking. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Or is it... It's more where the camera's facing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, if it's in, let's say, like an open... Let's say Horizon, an open world game. Have you played it yet? No, I don't actually own it yet. Oh, okay. Well, um, anyway, uh, the open world sort of thing. Let's say a you know, a rock sort of moves or I don't know, maybe a, a horse runs by or well, they're not actually horses, but in that game, we'll, yeah. we'll say for the sake of discussion, it's a horse. <laughs> um, if you, if you're looking straight at it, the sounds in front of you, but if you turn around, it's like, if you quickly turn around as the player, it, it's suddenly behind you. So, you know, like the game makers are no longer putting sounds in a particular spot on screen. Um, they actually have to put it in a particular spot in the world, mm. um, 
and I actually don't know how that happens, <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, it's just sort of a whole other world of of sound design and and all that because mm. it, it's and it's it's, fo- it's foley to the max, like yeah, and and it's no long it's now dependent on what the player is doing. Mm. A lot of it, anyway. Um, with cutscenes, it's different. Obviously, it sort of becomes a film, so it's yeah, it's a bit easier, but. Yeah, it, most a lot of it's particularly with open world games. It completely is dependent on what the player is doing and which way they're facing and mm. and all that. So yeah. And the thing that gets me about sound in video games is that when it's done really well, that you'll never notice. Like a player will. Oh uh, yeah. A player won't stop and go. Oh, that taxi went like to my left, and I heard it <laughs> over there. No, like if it's if it's good, and you won't notice. It'll just be a part of the experience. But exactly, if it's bad, yeah. you notice immediately, like straight yeah. away. Well, that's that's same with film as well. Yeah, um, that is true. Yeah, as soon as you know, if someone may be walking past and he's like, "Wow, those footsteps are so fake." Mm, yeah, <laughs> but you'll never know if they. You won't notice if they look real or if they are real. Mm. Well, yeah. I had that with. I made. I made a. I like to make little short films sometimes because it's just fun, mm. um, and it keeps me keeps me entertained. Um, but I made a short film a little while ago, just like a minute minute long. And I finished editing it and I finished cutting it together and I couldn't figure out why I didn't like it. I was like, why yeah. does this suck? Um, and I was like going through my editing. I was like, no, these cuts are good. Like the cuts make sense. Um, the shots are good. Like mm. the story is fine for what it is. Something was wrong. And I realized that it was because like my Foley was just terrible. Like it was just yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, and I had to go back and, and like re-record stuff and add stuff in. And I was like, oh, so... Your job is is important, I guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, but very interesting. Um, yeah. Also, in, in I find mocap stuff so interesting um, because actors yeah. always and actors and directors always talk about it with film. And they say, "Oh yeah, like it's it's so difficult." Um, cause like you're in costume and there's like a little bit of set around you, um, but everything else is green screen. So you don't really know what you're acting towards, but then you mm. go to like mocap for video games and they're literally wearing <laughs> ping pong walls and there's no set. <laughs> they're climbing over like boxes that are also yeah. mocapped on a soundstage with no context to what they're doing. And they're delivering incredible performances. Yeah. And it's just, it's Jeez. amazing. One actually, um, Kind of diverting a little bit, but one thing that's been really interesting to watch has been um, virtual reality and virtual reality cameras. Oh, um, yeah. And and what people have been doing is um, they've discovered a way where you can track. Um, it's it's very complicated, but the simple version is that you can track a camera in a three D virtual space um, and record. You can record, like you can play a scene in real time on a computer and then track it in real life with a camera as if it was the real thing. So um, it's like mocap, but to the extreme. Um, So rather than doing the mocap and then rendering the animation on top of it, the animation Mm. is being rendered with the data from the mocap. So there's no need to like post-process and re-render it. It's like fully shot digitally in in camera in massive air quotes yeah wow which is wild yeah um, and on that the mandalorian um used some something like that um sort of they used big um big led screens actually 
Um, mm. So actually, this is this is definitely an interesting point. Um, the Mandalorian, the show, um, actually had very little in the way of sets, like very little. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, for the most part, it looks really good, though. Yeah, and mm. most of it is just shot on LED screens. So they'll ha- they have like a I think it's like. 10 by 10 meter space or five by five meter space. It's not big at all. Mm. Um, and they just have, that's like their movement set. That's where they walk around and they actually act. Um, mm. And then the rest of the, the, the back wall, there's, so there's a back wall and then there's two walls to the side and like a roof. And it's yeah. all one giant led panel. Wow. Um, where they project um, the scene onto. And then oh. they track a camera in real time in the space and based on the position of the camera, the perspective of what's being projected on the screens changes um, to make it to make it look realistic. That is so cool. Yeah. My goodness. Um, let me see imagine, if I can. Let me see if I can find a video of it. Imagine if they like put. I don't know if you like held the camera with you and then you walked. Like how cool that would look. Yeah, it's just it's, moving around. It's insane. Um, oh, I found. I've got some some stuff here. Um I found a video it's in the it's a, I think Disney Plus has a show um where they kind of go through the production of um of the Mandalorian. I'm trying to find one very oh, specific cool. shot that shows it off very nicely. Um but it's just it's so cool to see um mm. how they actually track the the background in real time. Yeah, that's insane. Because um, it, cause it, the, the background that's on the screens is, is physically bending and warping based on, um, based on where the, the oh. camera is. Okay, so it's the wow. set. They change the size of the set depending on um, what they physically have to interact with is what I'm seeing here. Um, right. Oh, that's a, that's a good shot of what it actually looks like. Um, so I'll just, I'll just share that quickly. Yeah. With you, um, so this is this is what that that set looks like. So you can see that. Whoa. Um, you can see that this is all actually the ground. So they've they've set dressed this, and then that's all the LED panels in the back. Um, that the that the camera that that gets tracked with the camera. So you can see it. Um, let me find a section that kind of shows how it works. So the the background just warps based on where um, the position of the camera. It's really, it's really impressive. What the heck? Um, there's a shot at the start of this video that, 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 look, you can see it turning on. Like how it's just, <laughs> and the advantage of doing it that way rather than, and this is, this is, they're using this technology instead of green screens. So the ah, reason right. they do that is because, and the, the reason they went for this technology instead of using um, a physical green screen Mm. Um, is so that they, um, because the Mandalorian's armor is so reflective, it'll just reflect what's actually on the screens rather than needing to worry about green screening or anything like that. Right. Cause if he was, if it was a green screen, he'd be like outlined yeah. with green, which is like, you can, you can absolutely fix that in post. That's, that's like green, green screen and keyframing, um, no chroma keying one Oh one. Um, right. but like you can see the, in this shot very specifically, you can see the background refreshing as the camera moves. Oh yeah. It's very, very cool. Oh man. Um, that is really cool. Super, guess, super cool. 
I guess those reflections would be even more realistic then because mm. with the with the actual sort of world around him, I guess. Yeah. But that's uh, like following the world of virtual camera technology and, and virtual sound stages and stuff is, is very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I really, 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 really want to see that technique used a lot more because it looks just incredible. Yeah. Because straight out of camera, you have a usable shot is the thing. Like it's not... Yeah. Um, oh, it's still playing in the background. Hang on. <laughs> there we go. Um, so the, the way that they do that is they literally just, they'll create that set in their 3d rendering application of choice. Hmm. And then they'll track their camera through motion tracking, um, into the scene. And then, um, so on the computer, it'll be physically moving. It'll be, no, not physically, it'll be digitally moving through the space based on the position of the physical camera. And then the background on all the LEDs will refresh um, huh. based on where the camera is in the physical space. So it'll distort and warp or it'll shift or turn. Um, there's actually, let me see where that, the, this, this, this section shows it off really nicely, actually of how the, how the screen works. So the, the holes, they can either have the entire screen on at once or mm. just do it in sections. So I'll show you this. So this kind of shows how it works. Ah. So you can see the camera moving around the virtual space and how it kind of, illuminates the sections um that it uses yeah right super interesting technology i love it i really really love it yeah is there any way i i guess there's not really any way you can use that in sort of gaming is there no well that that that's how i kind of got onto that in terms of like virtual cameras because that's exactly what they do with um video games except they're not they're using that digital camera but they're just leaving it in the digital world. They're not bringing it back to the physical space and tracking right. it in real time. Yeah. They're like filming it and then using the data from the physical tracking to put on the digital camera in the scene once it's all animated. Oh. My goodness. Gaming is just just a whole nother thing. It's just a, it's a black hole of information and, and yeah. goodness. <laughs> Virtual cameras are so interesting though. Like I really would love to just sit down with someone who knows so much more than I do about it. Cause it's just, yeah. it's just a, it's a, it's a void of information Could, and it's ever would, growing. Yeah. Would that be something that's cheaper than maybe, mm. well, I guess it's probably cheaper than building sets. It's cheaper. It's definitely cheaper than building sets. I don't think it's cheaper than a green screen, although okay. it might be cheaper than hiring the labor it needs to make a green screen look good. Okay. But I don't so, know. Do you reckon that, I know we spoke, I think last week about uh, what the industry is going to look like in 40 years. Mm, I think that's that... definitely going to be the future. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's such a, once it's, once it's, um, once there's sound stages that just have that implemented, it's, it'll be so much more cost effective. I wonder if they would do that with, oh, surely they wouldn't do that with the ground. I suppose you wouldn't get the same effect. With ground. Like if the uh, screen was on the ground as well. No, so that's why they actually have to set dress the floor as well. Like you can see that in those clips. I'll, I'll link this video in the in, in the description as well for the audio listeners, so you can check it yeah. out. Um, but yeah, so that that's why they have to set dress the floor and stuff as well because if you pan down, it's just going to be like an empty floor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. But if you want to get into a niche market of filmmaking. Um, that's definitely, definitely one yeah. to look into because, um, it's so new in the film world. 
um, that there's mm. very few jobs. Uh, well, there's there's a, a high demand for it and very few people that can do it um, because you need to know how to operate a camera. You need to know how to digitally render stuff. You know, need to be a 3D animator as well. It just takes oh, such a, it takes a very specific skill set. Mm. Um, and there's absolutely people with that skill set. Um, and those people are going to be making big bucks in the next couple of years, I think. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, if you're, if you're interested in that, cheers to you. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about today? Um, well, I, I should have plugged this in before, but, um, oh, okay. when you, when you were in the studio, uh, yes, sorry, I'm, what, I moved straight along from that. No, that's great though. Um, one of the things you did was you held your hand up in front of the speaker. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the driver on it was going insane. We we had it pumped up quite loud for a lot of it. Um, we were vibing, straight vibing. Yeah, it was Got hard, my ears were ringing. It was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you made an interesting comment. You're like, oh, now I understand how deaf people hear this. Yeah, well, the context, I rarely, if the only time I listen to music on speakers is... Um, in my car and obviously I'm busy with a steering yeah. wheel. Um, so I've never like actually f- like looked at or felt a speaker while it's playing music. So hand. when it was playing, I could see that it was vibrating. And so I put my hand on it and I just made like, just generally made the observation that, Oh, I, I like immediately understood how deaf people enjoy music at that mm. point. Cause you can, f- you can feel that it's music. It's really yeah. strange. Yeah. Actually, this kind of a nice thing to lead into how like sound works with just a driver moving backwards and forwards. Because mm-hmm. you're kind of like, how can I hear this song with just, it's just a circle going, you know, backwards and forwards. It's going wop, wop, wop. Yeah. So it's uh, when it kind of pops out, it uh, increases the air pressure just in mm-hmm. front of it. So it kind of creates that wave. Um, and then when it goes back, that there's suddenly a lower pressure um, uh, of air in the gap that it's left. Um, And that's the sound wave. So in the lower pressure, if you think of a sound wave, it's like... Yeah, it's it's a wibbly wobbly, yeah. Wibbly line. Um, The lower pressure is when it's down low. And then when it gets to a higher pressure, it's back up. And so that's pretty much what the driver's doing. It's just moving backwards and forwards according to this squiggly line. Mm. So yeah. Anyway... Uh, back to the hearing thing. <laughs> yes. Um, that led me into a little bit of research into, um, you know, hearing aids. Mm. Um, and, well, like, I guess I didn't do a whole lot of research, but one of the more interesting things is, a, is cochlear implants mm-hmm. um, and how those type of hearing aids work. So, what they are is you pretty much, they go into surgery and they get a little implant uh just behind their ear on their cochlea. Co- yeah. Cochlea? That's how you say it. C-O-C-H-L-E-A. Cochlea or cochlea? Someone correct us. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So, it gets put yeah, behind your ear and it's um, magnetic. You know how you <coughs> see some people with um, hearing aids, how it's like behind their ear yeah. and then there's something stuck to the back of their head? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, that's what that is. That's the implant inside their head connecting to the magnet on the outside Mm. um and the implants yeah connected up to the cochlea so quick anatomy ear anatomy um 
you've got your ear and then the ear canal and it goes to your eardrum mm-hmm. and the eardrum is is like the diaphragm on a microphone or it's like the opposite to a driver on a speaker so it vibrates according to the air pressure that hits it yeah pretty much um and then that sort of you have three bones called the ossicles um that move um according to that and the last bone sort of works as a hammer um and it's it hits the uh hits the fluid in the cochlea so the cochlea is a little bone filled with fluid um and it vibrates the water so you know hey like you play if you play you've seen those videos where you play play music and water and it just goes nuts yep. that's pretty much what's going on in, in your ear <laughs> gross but carry on <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's little hairs in hairs they're like they're tiny so like yeah like fibers yeah, yeah. um but they're called hairs in the cochlea and they pick up those vibrations and they send pretty much then electric signals what's the word nerve stuff neuron 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 yeah neuronomological yeah signals (laughs) you know what i'm talking about yeah um they sort of fire and then send signals to your brain and that's then your brain works out all that and that's how you hear um so cochlear implants just bypass the eardrum and the Sorry, uh, neurons bone. communicate with each other by sending chemical and electrical signals. Electrical, yeah. So electrical signals. Yeah. Um, that's what the hairs do. Send it to your, to your brain. Yeah. And your brain works the rest out. Um, so yeah, cochlear implant connects to the cochlea and essentially bypasses um, the eardrum and then the three bones. Right. And it it um the, the cochlear implant connects to the cochlear bone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that, maybe we shouldn't make a song about it. <laughs> um and so the hearing aid that's on the outside pretty much processes the sound sends signals to that implant and then the implant sends signals to the hairs in the cochlea so it sort of bypasses oh, everything so it before. like replaces the the little hammer bones and stuff yeah it replaces your eardrum the bones that's, and pretty much wild. the cochlea as well um, so it sort of talks straight to the hairs and then that. Right. So it's basically, it's sending the signal basically straight to your brain, completely diverting your ear. Yeah. So, wow. um, that, like that procedure and that method of hearing is doesn't work for everyone, but, um, but yeah, that's one way that it works. Mm. So and uh, from what I, from my very limited knowledge of, of hearing aids and that sort of thing is that it's also not, it doesn't sound like sound like it's it does sound like sound but it's very muffled or like um, okay it's apparently it's it sounds very electrical is from what i understand like it does sound Uh, like electrical signals yeah um, okay but you can make out speech and that sort of thing so i would definitely like be interested to know what that actually sounds like yeah i'm sure they've there's people that have like tried to mock it up on youtube and things like yeah surely um but yeah, interesting. So that's that's a really it's implant. it's that's crazy that technology can just bypass your body, like that. It's just <laughs> yeah. like it just tells your brain that okay, this is this is. I know you're not physically hearing this, but this is what you're hearing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. Why someone won't won't have ears seen? <laughs> 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 I don't know. It would just be you know like all the cyborg 
Um, yeah, in things. 40 years, the human industry will be uh, no ears. <laughs> no ears. No ears, no eyes, only cameras and booms. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's crazy. But, yeah. All right. Do we want to wrap it up then? If that's... I forgot what I was going to talk oh, about next. Did you have... Oh, you have another thing. I had something, but now I forgot. Oh, no. Oh, well, I'll remember it for next week. Oh, uh, there is... I do have the quote for the week. For oh, yeah. Fold, sorry. I almost quote. I almost skipped your, your Foldy quote. All right. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, man. I'm, I'm excited. So, I, I'm getting excited for these now after yeah. last week's. This we, is uh, this isn't as, I guess, fun as last week's. So, no bludgeoning? No. Ah. <laughs> I still love that. Putting, like, putting anything into a cooked whole chicken and then beating it. Do you think they shake it? Just like... I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you literally yeah, beating a cooked chicken with yes. stuff in it. That was your uh, one from anyway. last week. All right, I'm ready. Yes, this one is by Tim Clark. All right, uh, and good it's on you, Tim. Actually, how he got the sound of bats, like flying bats, not oh. not a baseball bat. So, could you not just record bats? You could, but if you don't live near bats, then everywhere has a zoo. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, I get your point. Carry well, on. if you. If you okay, so let's say let's say it's a scene where uh, some two people are walking Batman into a cave. Batman walks into his bat cave, and bats fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they go crazy. And so if you were there, um, like okay, let's say we went to a zoo and I tried to record the bats, you'd probably just hear a lot of squawking and mm. all that sort of stuff, right? Um, but when the bats are flying past you that close and scratching you and all that, mm, um, right, you'd hear a lot of flapping. Yeah, right. Um, so. You know, by all means, he probably recorded both and then mushed them together. Mm. That's, again, like the whole movie and audio world is just... There's probably 12 sounds making the one, mm. you know, click. Um, it's kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, so f- for flying bats, I used an umbrella opening and closing rapidly <laughs> for the sound of flying bats one time. Turned out great. I think I had a filter. I had to filter out some of the low-frequency material, though. That's so, yeah. wild. So he just got a wow, a um, umbrella and went. I would never, so I crazy. would never have thought of that. Not yeah. in a million years. Yeah, that's why I love Foley though. It's Do you think he made the bat noises by just going? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Chuck a couple of filters on it. You're sweet. Good to go. <laughs> yes. Oh man! All right. Um, <laughs> on that note, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you uh, listen to the audio version and you want to see um, some some funky stuff, um, also the the videos that I shared about um, the the uh, virtual sets and stuff, um, check out yeah. the Fro Show on YouTube. Um, you can find all of the episodes in video format there. Um, we would greatly appreciate it if you went and checked that out. Otherwise, um, if you like the episode, rate it, follow um, on your Ooh. podcast app of choice. Um, there's new episodes every Monday at 12 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. ready for you on your lunch break. Um, otherwise, Joe, do you have any parting words? Nope. nope. Catch you next week. Never do. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ask every week and I always know what the answer is going to be. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to surprise you next week and I'll have some. All right. I'll come up with a better intro next week then. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> all right. We'll see you all guys. Well, I uh, can't talk. We'll oh, see you all next nice. week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.